welcome to the Jonazo Podcast, where you get to peek behind the curtains of what it takes to create and run a seven-figure fitness facility that ranks in the top 5% of boutique fitness studios for revenue. But to be honest, that's the least important thing about us. Founded by me, Michael Hughes, Gymnazo has created an ecosystem of services that blend performance with restoration techniques and attracts top coaches to its facility. Hosted by its owners, Peyton and myself, and our top coaches, this podcast shares our best practices on everything from how to build a sustainable fitness business, to how to program for maximum results, to how to build a hybrid training module that's online and in person. We have marketing secrets, movement innovation, and breaking down trends in the industry. If you're a fitness professional or a fitness business owner, this is where you learn how to sharpen your skills and to see maximum results. And welcome back to the Gymnasio Podcast. Boy, it's been a bit of time, but I'm happy to be here with you. I'm your solo host, Michael Hughes, founder of Gymnasio. And really something that hit my mind, and I was like, I got to jump on a podcast I gotta make this happen. I gotta make the time for it. Sit down, put on the headphones, get in front of the mic, and just share. Because I, I've been spending a lot of time reworking and rethinking about the business of Jamazo, and it's not just the business of Jamazo. It's like how a boutique fitness facility, which are booming in this country, by the way, coming back from COVID. Um, are, I believe is the next step in this fitness evolution. The concept that what I mean by boutique is that being coached, that having the setup and the environment where the vast amount of people can go to someone and say, you know what, I want to be taught how to move appropriately because my previous education, PE school, didn't really cut the mustard. It really didn't do the job. They taught me how to play games. I'm not dissing my PE coaches. I'm I'm really dissing the P, the physical education system. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to be diving into this thought of education and how it really has brought its way to its current day, where we literally have an, another epidemic, but this epidemic's been going on before the previous quote-unquote epidemic, and it's called unhealthiness. Just flat out, call it overweight, call it obesity, whatever the case is. But there's a statistic that I've uh, recently been told, and you know, like all things in statistics, right? You can make numbers say what they want. But the point of the matter is, is that when talking to an enlisted, an enlisted uh, gentleman with uh, the Coast Guard and the Marines, two different people, they were saying that um, recruiters are having a tough time um, getting people in. Because, you know, the people coming into the military is low. It's too, too low. And there's two major factors. People aren't even, (laughs) they aren't even fitting the categorization to actually be applicable to apply to the military. Basically saying they can't apply because they don't even fit the physical requirements to actually be able to apply. Hope I said that right, where you can kind of follow me on that one. But basically means that they're just not fit enough. Or people, or those who want to apply get in, they're not even making out of basic training because they're either getting injured through basic training, not because they fell off something, because their body can't essentially move well. And so they get stuck in this, like, you kind of keep getting better and better and better and try to even get out of basic training. So I bring that up because, again, this is, you know, how we were all taught, right? We're all taught that we essentially need to pass a test to be able to do something. And, you know, I always had a struggle, kind of a struggle bus time, in a sense, getting through school. And 
I've, I just don't think I learned very well sitting in a row of desks, listening and writing with my hand holding a pen on paper, whatever the case is, or even nowadays sitting and typing at a computer. I, I learn by doing something, by essentially being a kinesthetic learner. And if you're in the fitness industry, I, you probably understand that very, very well. But it goes deeper. Because as I was sitting down um, with a uh, very awesome person who I uh, highly respect within the educational system, we were chatting about like, you know, how do we how do we rewrite college curriculum to involve movement literacy, movement language, movement understanding that when we can have exercise science, you know, majors, kinesiology majors, essentially come out of school saying, I'm ready for the field, like I'm ready for a job versus the way it is when I went to school and the way it is now, you don't have a job coming out of school as a kinesiologist, as a exercise science major. You can go get a job as a, you know, as a trainer, but you don't need kinesiology to go get a job as a trainer. You don't need anything to get a job to do that. You just go do it, unfortunately. You know, there's the athletic trainer side, but that's, you know, you actually have a job coming out. You know, you go into the pedagogy way, yeah, you can be a PE teacher, I get it, but you still need more schooling. And what I'm really trying to say here is that for all those people who were kinesiology majors and all the subsets, you know, where you were said, you know, you were told, hey, go get more schooling. Aren't you tired of that? Like, I'm tired of it. I want kinesiology to kind of work how, like, engineers work. You come out of school... You have four years, maybe a little bit more, you know, you're an, an engineer, mechanical, civil, structural, you know, what about human biomechanical? That's what I'm shooting for here. And so I'm going to get to this, to this point. We were essentially raised from this, the traditional school system that we were taught how to get the answers. Let me run this through you real, real quick. You go to school, you learn ABCs, count to 100, right? This is what you need to do to learn. And then once you start getting tests, finally get tests, like the teacher to follow the curriculum says, this is what you need to know to pass this test, and especially with standardized tests now, which I hated. Um, it was the most stressful times. I had all my friends saying to me, like, so easy, just chill out, you do nothing. I, I just was not my bag of chips. Long story, well, I just did miserable on them, but long story short, we were taught, here's the answer to the test. This is what you need to know. Then we go to the next grade. Good job. You passed that test. Now here's some more answers that you need to know these answers to get an A on the test. And then it keeps being cycled all the way from elementary school into high school. Then you got to, then you got, you know, for high schools, you got to, you know, you got to get into colleges. So you take specialized courses to learn how to pass a test. Pretty crazy. SATs was how I experienced that. Then you go into college, and you have to get a good enough GPA to get a good grade on the test so you can go to grad school, but then you got to take tests for grad school potentially to get into that school. And what happens is we lost this one thing, and that is learning to know how to ask questions. So instead of learning how to get the answers, we need to learn to know how to ask questions. Because when you get to the real world, 
and someone walks up to you, especially as a movement professional, they say, this is what I have. This is what I want. And you have to figure out what they need. There's no point where they said, okay, I have this scenario and here's the multiple choice. And you get to choose one of those four or five or six. It doesn't matter. That doesn't, you have to be able to say, wait a minute, what questions do I need to ask to get to the answer that they need? And what I love about engineering and what I love about this whole concept is that, you know, especially people who make stuff, like they build stuff from nothing. And that can be just from woodworking in your garage to your deck, in your backyard to all the way to cars or buildings, right? You get this one designer says, you know, this is what we're going to build. And I think it's going to make sense. But the builder working with the engineer, work with the architect, they have to figure it out with all the different factors that come into it. And it's really interesting how the scholastic system, at least that I was brought up in, and I'm really curious on your level, didn't teach me that at all. But the way I act in reality when I'm training somebody, especially for movement dysfunction, they say, I have lower back pain. It's like Jeopardy. They give you the answer, but you have to figure out the question. And being very good at being able to ask the right question or get to the the base question that you need to ask first and foremost is very challenging. And especially it's challenging because we're not taught to do that. At least I never was. If you're driving in a car listeners right now or you're working out, you know, raise your hand. You know, just just throw it up in the room. I don't care if anyone's watching you. That's who I was. My hands raised. I was always taught like this is the answer. Memorize the answer. And so when I start thinking about like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How does the thoracic spine, let's just call it like, you know, T11, 12, really interface with L1, you know, two, three, four. Like, how does that actually work? Because no one ever talked about that. Oh, I mean, all the classes I've ever taken, they never really talked about this concept of like a top-down or a bottom-up movement driver or how the thoracic spine can really move in two distinct different patterns. We call them type one and type two, or lateral flexion to the right and rotation to the left or the opposite, or rotation to the right and essentially um, lateral flexion to the right, or we call that type two, or together. Like all the pre-physical therapy classes, all the people that I talked to, all the hours I worked in a physical therapy clinic, no one ever talked about that. It wasn't even something that was even... Gosh, I don't want to say it. like it wasn't even something that was seemingly considered. It was just like this is what the book says, or this is what the protocol says, or this is what the journal says. Here's the answer. Now go achieve that answer. Versus, why does this pro- problem exist in this person? That's a question. And so it's very fascinating. I just had to jump on. I had to talk about this. You know, I, I can certainly ramble on about it, but what I want to do here is I want us to be a body of thinkers who can ask great questions because that's how we solve problems because if we're trying to essentially solve a problem but we're asking the wrong question we're going to get the answer that fulfills that question but it may not fulfill the actual problem so how do we do this as an industry and this is what i love about the movement industry is what we are a bunch of unregulated you know yahoos out here trying to make a change in people's lives now, I don't use the term Yahoo as a negative term. It just means that like we have to create and literally take a plow and make our own path. 
because no one has done it before us. Yes, there's been plenty of people over decades doing fitness, but not the way that it's being done today, or at least the day that we're trying to make it done, where it's you're going to have not only someone giving you a calorie burn or a tough workout or accountability, and that's easy. Any, any high schooler can do that. No disrespect. You know, it takes the right person, but regardless, it doesn't take education to do that. But what about this person who's going to say, you know what, I'm going to actually keep you an athlete for the rest of your life. And the definition of athlete is someone who can do what they want to do when they want to do it. Yeah, grant, you know, granted, there's you know, certain structural problems that come in people's lives as we get, get older. But the fact of the matter is saying, I'm too old for that, or I'm just getting old, or my body's just aging, that's not an answer. It's not. It's just a reality that our, that our society has put on us as, oh, that's the reason why. So that's what we need. Our industry needs to take movement seriously, not just nutrition seriously, not just working out hard seriously, but movement quality, functional, which is, means essentially that mixture of effective and efficient movement seriously where it's not just some hobby job, you get paid 20 bucks an hour at the big box gym or whatever the case is. No, you're like making good capital. You're making good money because you're solving people's most intimate problems, problems with their physical body. Now, I've kind of been taught, you know, a lot of ways we can look at life is by three different scenarios. You know, we got the mind, body, soul, and that's when I really kind of gravitate to. So, so if you can solve someone's body, their movement body, that's pretty big. Because I know who can solve the the mind a little bit, and those are usually you know therapists and psychologists and you know psychiatric you know medications all the things like that. That's a pretty lucrative business. Solving the mind's a big deal. The spiritual side, well, that's a whole different you know bucket. You know, got some all kinds of cool stuff. Mostly non nonprofit world, but you know, there's some serious people in there because you're talking about even like getting down to like the the motivational speakers. Yeah, that's mind, but it's ah you you really get attached to the soul. So this whole thing about physical has only been a, a, approached from the surgeon side, which is nothing to, 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 to balk at. And those are very intelligent and awesome things that need to be done. But the question is, is it doesn't need to be done as often. And then you have all these, we down from these like you know, youth sport, you know, again, awesome people really providing a great context. But we're talking about movement pain. When someone has a movement pain, especially as an adult, we tend to just live with it or hope it goes away. But we really don't understand why it's even there in the first place. And so, like, this is where I think this untapped market is, where I'm sorry to say, no one's just going to hand it to us. There's not going to be some government, in, you know, legislative body in California where I live that says, oh, you know what, how about you guys go figure this thing out and we'll give you a license and, you know, we'll just fund it. Like, that's, that's not going to happen. Like, we have to create it. I really remember, um, you know, studying a lot of how even physical therapy was born out of World War II. And they had to fight for, like, this is working, this is helping. And even, even the fight that chiropractors had to create for themselves, and even massage therapists had to create for themselves. Like, there's, there's this interesting kind of paradox of thing going on where, like, us movement professionals, which I'm not calling myself personal trainer because that's, people get a context of what that means, work out hard, burn calories, accountability, you know, good, that's fine, but we'll just call that level one, 
You know, we're trying to build level 10 here where we're competing. And I'm saying this in, I think, a very respectful way, competing with the physical therapeutic world. And I say that we're competing with them because I think that industry is, well, it's, it's sleeping at the wheel. And I don't really blame them. I blame the system that, that they're in, but that's not what this podcast is about. So we have to carve out our own niche, and we have to do that through quality. We have to do this through results. And the only way that we're going to do that is by, uh, back to the topic, learning how to ask the right question to the person in front of us. Because the answer is in the body. That's how I look at it. When I look at movement dysfunction, the answer is there. Am I smart enough to figure it out? Do I have the experience to follow the roadmap? Can I effectively use the right strategy to produce the right technique to let that client feel enthusiastic enough to follow through with it to get to the result? Or to know when the structure of the human body is at its maximum. And if I push even further, then I'm actually going to have a negative or a regression of success. And that's really these, I, I believe the trainer needs to step up. Because no, because the physical therapist is not going to step down. They already built their, their castle. They fought so hard to be doctors, quote unquote, and to get direct access to, to their patients versus have to go from, through a doctor. They fought hard to build that castle. They're not going to come out of that castle. We have to go and attack it. And I mean that again in the respectful way of saying that we have better leverage to do that because we're not confined by the systems that they are confined on, which is a sense in evidence-based practice. Again, I can really peel that back into a lot more of a, of, of a meaning. So don't get too riled up that I'm saying evidence-based practice is a bad thing. But I'm saying that we, we, we have the ability to break out a protocol. And to really think about not what the answer is from the journal, but what the answer is for the person in front of us based upon the questions, again, that we know how to ask. So this is where I'm pretty excited because I think, like, you know, how, how do we achieve this? How do we actually make this happen? Well, I think, you know, you know there's several silver, silver linings from the COVID world. And one of them has been the homeschool kind of uh, move where even I believe – I'm not totally correct, but I'm pretty sure high school enrollment is continually to downtrend. I'm not sure about college, but I'm sure grade school is too from the last study that I've read. But enrollment in public high schools is declining because people are moving to homeschool. I think a lot of parents got a sneak peek into what you know their standardized education is and like, yeah, I don't want any part of that. But what homeschool has been teaching, at least from the people that I speak to, again, I don't want to speak for everybody, is that they teach you more of how to think versus just here's what the standardized test does. So if we can start from at least that one method of thinking about, wait a minute, wait a minute, can we teach the youth better? Not just that, I'm not talking about homeschooling now, I'm just talking about just general. As movement practitioners, the moment, if you train youth athletes, you have, an, you have an obligation, you have a responsibility, you have an opportunity to really dive into these athletes and say, wait a minute, here's how anatomy actually works. It's not some 2D picture on a textbook page, right? It's, it's, it's dynamic, it's, it's, it's a living tissue that never stops being trained. Ever. It's constantly being trained. It all depends on what you're doing with it, though. Sitting, running, wrestling, playing, throwing, right? It all, it all adds up. But I'm really, I, to me, I think our strongest pull is from the collegiate level because we're, that's right, we're right about to go into the job world. 
you know, that's when that's when we're all riled up, we're all amped up on our caffeine. We stayed up all night studying for that cadaver anatomy test, you know, learned how a dead body moves on a metal table, which has nothing to do with real life movement. Anyways, I digress. You know, so like I remember those times I was amped up. I was amped. I finally graduated, got my BS in kinesiology, exercise science. I'm like, I'm gonna go make something happen. And I went to work for a big box gym. Fed into the system completely driven by only sales numbers, not results. Making someone work out harder just because that's what was taught to me. Got a CPT, just paid money and passed the test. Didn't teach me anything about true mechanics of movement. Again, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's a massive gap so calling out to anybody who is sparked by this, or if you know of somebody who kind of has that chip on their shoulder about like, how do we up level this industry and who's willing to jump behind a plow and start doing some work, start making this happen. Because the best way that we can do this is not by one brand or one person. It's going to take a collective. It's going to take everybody. And we all have different methodologies and ways of thinking about it. And honestly, if you get good results, truly sustainable, long-lasting results, and you have a method that's a little bit different than someone else's, good for you. Good for you. I bet we have something to learn from you. I certainly am looking for as many people to learn from as possible because I want to get a, a results that used to take me 10 sessions to take me five sessions, from five sessions to two and a half sessions, whatever the case is like. We have to move quicker to be able to get something out of movement dysfunction. Yes, there is this training methodology. Oh, there is a, you know, the way that the body works can't heal as fast as we want, right? There's this thing called training and the adaptation and physiological adaptation that takes time. I get it. But we can make things happen in people's lives where their physical bodies are transformed in only a matter of days when they were living with that, with that uh, absolute jail cell around them of, of lower back pain or knee pain for years. And all you have to do is like, this is, there's a better way for you to do it. And like I said, calling, calling arms here a little bit, it's like, we need to be able to step up because again, no one's going to hand it to us. We have to create it. So I actually, I guess here's a kind of a, a call. If anyone, if you know of anybody in a higher state of physical education, grab coffee with them or help. Point them to, to us. I want to talk to them. I want to see what, what we can do. You know, there are organizations out there that kind of are doing the best that they can. URSA is certainly one of them, you know. And I remember talking, uh, hearing to them on some webinars during the, during the pandemic and how they were trying to fight for the, for the trainer and the club owner, da-da-da. But uh, their hands were completely tied behind their, their back because we weren't organized. And again, methodology doesn't necessarily matter because we all have this quote-unquote you know, unofficial oath, do no harm, you know, or do our very best by what we know. Knowing that doing deadlifts ad nauseum, if that's a person, if that's truly helping that person, hey, good for you. You know, the moment you hurt that person, then you should probably stop, right? But, you know, the whole point is that, like, there's so many different methodologies out there, so many different people trying to do something well, and the more that we fight against each other, saying, my method's better, your method sucks. I can't believe you're even trying that. You know, good luck for you, functional dude. Whatever, it's like, it's like, oh my gosh, guys, come on. You know, are we all just trying to help help people out here? 
you know, so the more division that we have on this, you know, in this sense, then we, you know, we have to realize where we all have our place. We all have our place because I firmly believe that there's no such thing as a bad exercise, but there are exercises that are for the wrong person at the wrong time for the wrong reason. We have to ask questions that can answer those three different, different scenarios that I've said. What I'm really saying is that we all have promise and power. We all have a heart of gold. If you're in this industry, you definitely do. If you want to, if you want to spend time hanging out with people and manage their physical dysfunctions, uh, you're a pretty special person, <laughs> regardless of what other people say about you. Uh, I'm not speaking to anyone in particular here. So this is what I'm kind of calling out. So again, wrapping it up. Instead of us being trying to figure out what is the answer, let's start to come together and say what question should I ask? And if you've never been taught on how to ask good questions, then find someone who has. Hell, happy to talk to you, but I'm not the only person doing it. Hell, there's a lot of people doing it. Find someone who can coach you to be a better question asker, critical thinker. And remember, the goal is how do we, how do we create a society where people come out of the college network or maybe some other college network that I haven't even thought of yet. You know, maybe college dies away and there's a new system built. Regardless, excuse me, we have to think about this. What is it truly, what can it be? And to me, the only thing that I can ha- see as a, as a physical, tangible example is a human biomechanic engineer. Someone who understands deeply about how the system literally works. Not what magazines want. Not even what popular opinion wants. Just what act, what is the truth? What are principles, undeniable truths of how the human body works to the point that we understand them? That's what I love about the word science. You know, it says, ah, oh, you're not really following science. It's like, you must not understand the definition of science then. Because it is a constant evolution of understanding several different factors and observing what we're learning. Well, in my profession, I'm observing a lot that has never been done before in this space or any other healthcare space for that matter. And it's getting results quickly so people can live a life of joy and purpose. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go run down a hill as fast as you can and cut as hard as you can. Just try to mess up your knee or something like that. You know, just try to break something, you know. And see how life is for the next few weeks or months. Obviously, I'm not calling anyone to go do that, literally. But being in physical pain sucks. Not just because it's physical, because it's mental. It's soulful. It chews away at your emotions. And we have the ability to remedy that. I'm not going to say we're going to solve everybody. But if we can reduce someone's movement dysfunction and pain by even 50%, that's huge. That's huge. And most of the time, we do about 80 to 90, if not 100%. And keep it there for the, for the prolonged period that they want it there. It's, just, it's really fascinating what's possible. But it comes down to asking the right questions versus being told the answers. Because we all want to just be told the answers. Why? Because that's the path of least resistance. It's the easy answer. That was certainly me as a, starting, as a trainer. Just tell me what, the, what to do. I got a great personality. I got, you know, da, da, da. I'll just go, you know, whatever trainers say right? But figuring out that critical thinking aspect is huge. So that's my rant. Just felt compelled 
to share that as a new year is kind of ramping up in 2023, at least when this podcast is coming out. And um, if you want to talk about it, if you want to dive deeper on this one, man, I, I'm amped about this topic. Um, again, Michael Hughes with Gymnazo, reach, reach out to us through any method, social media, email, whatever the case is, and we want to dive into this. We want to make this thing to be a profession that when you go through a crowd at your next Christmas party, whatever the case is, and you tell them that you are a human biomechanics engineer, whatever the term that we figure out, you know, people are like, oh, I've heard about that kind of how like computer programmer you know a few decades ago it's like what the hell is that now they're like oh wow computer programmer interesting you must make a lot of money why because they're solving big problems that people want to be solved that's it all right i'm out of here thank you very much for listening and i look forward to doing a lot more podcasts in the future hey y'all i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and if you did Please share it with your fitness-obsessed friends and peers who are also navigating this world of fitness and trying to succeed with the trends and misinformation. As you guys can see, this podcast is basically a masterclass for trainers wanting to level up in their coaching skills and their fitness business model. We launched this in 2020 because you and your fitness tribe deserve to see an unfiltered look at all the aspects of what it takes to stand out as a next-generation coach and build a successful fitness business. So... Share it far and wide. And please, when you do, do me a favor. Take a screenshot of this screen and share it to your social media accounts. And use the hashtag gymnasopodcast. That's hashtag gymnasopodcast. That way we can see you and share your post with our audience. And finally, when you're ready to go to the next level as a coach or in your business and to reach more people, please go check out gymnasoedu.com. We have put together the best 90-day coaching program on the market for trainers wanting to become a masterful practitioner and build a business that gives them the freedom and impact. So let us help you do just that. We have online training and one-on-one coaching to guide you through a full 90-day certification. We even get you training our clients live because it's always better to work out your kinks on someone else's clients than yours. But we promise you this, your clients will be blown away by the transformation our program will help you make. You'll be masterful at a whole new level and part of an incredible community of coaches worldwide taking their skills to the next level. So if you thought today's episode had some fire to it and inspired you to take action, wait until you see what we deliver on this program. So just go to gymnasoedu.com and we'll see you on the other side. Remember that turning your passion for fitness into transformation and sustainable business is critical to reaching the people and lives you were put on earth to help. It matters and truly can make an impact in other people's lives. So I hope you do that. Keep sharing your passion and we'll talk to you soon.